You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. All right. I invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to continue our series uh, this year, doing our new series on something new. And uh, what feel like God has spoken to us this year about uh, what season we're going to be in and what, what he wants to do uh, in, this, in this new year. Um, week one, we talked about how we recognize just that God wants to do something new in us. And it's not just something new corporately, right? It's something new for you. Right? God wants to do something new in us. And if God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it, right? So God says, I'm going to do something new in you. Um, week two, then last week, he says, okay, not only am I going to do something new, but forget everything that I have done for you. Right? Every, think about all the greatest miracles God has done in your life. Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. Right, so, so just everything, don't let what happened in the past be the limit, be the lid for what I want to do in the future. Right, what God has done in the past was great, it's awesome, it's mighty, it lets us know that he can work in our life, but it doesn't restrict him to that in our future. He can do other new, even greater things. He said what's happened in the past is nothing compared to what he's going to do, and God has chosen, we said, the least likely places of our lives to do his something new. Right? He chooses the wastelands and the wildernesses of our life, right, to say that's, that's where I'm going to do my work. So I'm going to read it again, Isaiah 43, if you're there. It'll be on the screen as well if you just want to follow along. And I pick it up in verse 15 and just read a few verses. So if you can read along with me, it says this, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. Just reminding you, who, who's this talking? All right. It's the Lord who rules over everything. He's the one who made you as people. He says, I'm the Lord who opened up a way through the waters. This is back to leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, right? The movie Moses, all that kind of stuff, Prince of Egypt. We talked about all these different movies, right? God opened the way through the waters, making a path through the sea, making a dry path through the sea. I, said, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses, right? So I led you through the sea, and then this army starts chasing it. But guess what? I let them come after you. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering Candlewick. That should be somebody's fantasy football team name, Smoldering Candlewick. Really, write that down for next year. And then he says, listen, I took care of all your enemies. Nothing, Smoldering Candlewick. This is a huge, mighty army, Egypt. Done. Like a candle, extinguished. He distinguished it, right, Kevin? He distinguished it like a Smoldering Candlewick. And he says, but forget all that. Forget all that. I mean, seriously, that's a big deal. Led people out of Egypt, 400 years of slavery, through an ocean, through a sea on dry ground, and that same sea then ended an army, right? He, he neutralized their enemies. He gave them freedom. He led them out of captivity. He says, but forget that. Just nothing compared to what I'm about to do. That's nothing compared to what I'm about to do, what I'm going to do. And he says this. He says, I'm about to do something new. Never before been done. Something that I haven't done in the past. Something that's absolutely brand new in your life. Something brand new in the world. I have already begun it, right? I've already started working on this. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? He says this, I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness. And I'm going to create rivers in the dry wasteland. He goes on, he says, the wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. He says, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. And he ends with this, verse 21, says, I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me 
before the whole world. Can we just take a moment and pray? Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you that you still speak. Whether you have things that you want to say to us here and now, that you are the God of all things. You remind us who you are. You're the creator, the Lord. You're the God who did all this incredible, amazing, miraculous stuff. And yet you say, but forget that. There's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. And God, we believe you've spoken this verse to us specifically this year, Lord, that this is a promise not just for them back, back then, but Lord, it's a living word. It's a word that you are still fulfilling in 2020. God, that this year you want to do something new in us. And so, God, we just, we welcome you. Speak, reveal. Lord, help us to understand more fully what that means and what it is that you're asking of us. It's in your great name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, right? Everybody, everybody knows Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, right? Uh, and uh, we... The kids, I think, have off school tomorrow for this, yeah. And uh, we don't plan our messages necessarily based on these things, just so you know. When we, we plan our messages out kind of like a year in advance, and we do kind of take a look at the calendar, but um, I don't necessarily plan, you know, what I'm going to speak today. We did this back in October, and I just want you to know that God always knows what time it is, right? There's no accident. And today I want to, I want to recognize his legacy because I think it's incredible how much it connects to what we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes. He was a man of courage, conviction, and faith. His life altered human history, arguably altered human history, right? It's, our life is different because of him. He changed the story of equality and racism in America, which echoes throughout the world. We, we know this, right? He faced great opposition politically, personally. Many opposed him, you know, threatened him with violence and accusation. He was just a man. Right, just a man, flesh and blood, just like you and me. But his life made a remarkable difference. And I can say probably without a doubt that every single one of us in this room, our life is impacted by this man's life today, here and now. Um, and it's always, it's always good to ask this question anytime you consider the legacy of somebody who did something like that. What would life be like if he hadn't? What if there was no Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? How would... How would our country be different? Right? How, would, how would New Jersey be different? How would our town be different? How would your life and my life be different if he hadn't have done what he did? You know, we, racism is a, it's a sin, just to be clear. Right? It corrupts society. It's a social ill. Right? We are, it makes us sick as people. It makes the, the actions and the culture sick. It's an, it's an infection and we're still not where we need to be, but we're much further down the road to unity than we were because of him. Right? Can we agree on that? Like, we're, we're not, it's not, life's not, not perfect right now, not by any stretch of imagination. This is not like a done deal over with. It's still very much a part, but we are much further along and closer towards unity than we were because of what he did. Now, would it have been easier for him to keep quiet? Absolutely. In some sense, right? It would have been easier, right? Would have been a lot less opposition, a lot less pain, right? Um, he'd probably still be alive. This weekend, right, he would have celebrated his 91st birthday. He'd still be here. I mean, you know, odds tell us it's a pretty good chance he could still be alive today. But because of his decision, it cost him. It cost him greatly. So the question I have is what makes somebody do what he did? 
What makes somebody say, I, I, I gotta live this way. I gotta, I gotta stand up for this. I have to live with such conviction. It's clearly an extraordinary life that he lived. Right? Clearly an influential, impactful life. So why? Why did a guy like this choose to live a life that, that shows the hard road? Why did he do that? I think he left us some clues in, in the words that he spoke. And he said this. I'm just going to share just a few words. He says, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Right? Everybody has moments where life is calm. Where everything's good. Right? How's you doing? Fine. How's life? Yeah, same old, same old, right? You've got those days where, like, it's just sort of like, you've been here. You know what this day is like. You're okay. It's just sort of the water is still. Like, it's okay, right? Who you are in those moments, guess what? They don't define you. Those calm moments, eh, everybody's pretty good during those calm moments. Everybody can be rational. Everybody can be kind. Everybody can be thoughtful. Everybody's good during those calm moments. What he's saying here is that what defines you is the fire. It's the battle, right? It's who you are when life is hard and challenging and complicated. It says when, when the forging comes, when that moment of pressure begins to bear down on you, when it challenges you and opposes you, that's what defines you. He recognized that this is my defining moment. It's not what's, when life is good and everybody's easy, but when it's tough, who are you? He says that's what defines you. And he also contrasts courage and cowardice. I love this quote. He says, courage is an inner resolution to go forward despite obstacles. I'm going to move forward no matter how many people come against me. I'm going to move forward. Cowardice is submissive surrender to circumstances. It's too hard. Right? I just, eh, I experienced some resistance. Right? We were, listen, Yesterday, my wife was trying to get through to the health insurance marketplace. You want to talk about resistance. But she, she courageously walked through and pushed through the, I don't know what you're, you need to call this person. You need to call this person. You need to call this person. And, I mean, she may have had moments where she was like, it's not worth it. But she, she powered through. She got it done. Courage breeds, he says, courage breeds creativity. Cowardice represses fear and is mastered by it. Courage. says, cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politic? Is it, is it, is it popular? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? Is it right? And then he ends with this. There comes a time when we must take a position that is neither safe nor politic nor popular, but one must take it because it is right. Because it's right. He was convinced that what he envisioned, a future filled with racial equality, was not simply something that could be, but something that must be. It was the right thing, and this was the right time. He lived a life of conviction. Equality wasn't simply a nice dream or a luxury. Racism was something that is grossly unjust. It's destructive and it's sinful. This is not what God had intended for humanity. So whatever the cost, Dr. King was committed to leading the charge 
into the future. His confidence was that the right thing would give him the courage to walk into the unknown. I don't know where this is going to end. I don't know what this is going to cost me. But I believe this is the right thing and it's the right time. So I will confidently step into this unknown. As I thought about what to share today, I considered what is God saying to us now 2020? It just so happens to be Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. What is God wanting to say to us here now about this something new? He says he wants to do something new. And again, if it's time for that, then it's time. God says it's time. Whether you accept it or not, again, that's up to you. But I'm telling you, I believe God is saying it's time. There's something about the calendar, the clock, the day, the hour. It's time for something new now. This is not just a nice thing about someday, now. Time for something new. He tells us to forget all that. What he's done in the past is nothing compared to what he's going to do today and tomorrow in the future. He has already begun. Remember, he doesn't need our permission to get started. I'm already started it, whether you gave me permission or not. I'm working towards this because God believes this needs to get done in our world. He doesn't need our permission to get started, but he does need our permission to finish. Right? We need to invite him now to do this work in and through us. We need to open the door, welcome him in. We don't have to accept what God wants to do. Dr. King didn't have to accept the call that he felt like God put on his life. There was a voice he heard inside him. He could have shut it out. He could have said, I don't want to pick up this. I don't want to carry this. We have a choice. So the question is, why would anybody not? Right? Why would anybody not pick up? If God wants to do something new, what is it about us? Because the odds are there are some of us that are going to say, nah, I don't want to do something new. It's, I don't want to pick that up. Why would anybody not want to do that? And I have an idea where it comes from. We're going to look. Verse 19. If you can go back to verse 19. Here's what we're going to see. He says this. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So let me ask you a question. Very simply, looking at this, where... Does the something new of God take place? It's in the wilderness. And it's in the wasteland. See, right now God is work in the wilderness of your life. In the neglected and abandoned places of your life, He's there. Anywhere that you've given up. It could be a relationship. It could be your calling. It could be your faith. It could be your thoughts, your health. Your self-control, anywhere you've given up and walked away on that's gone overgrown and it's just been unkept and uncared for. Any part of your life that is not maintained and disciplined and submitted to the Lordship of God is a wilderness. Any place that God doesn't have permission to rule over, it's a wilderness. God is a God of order. He's a God of structure. Right When he comes into a place, he puts it in right order. Anything in our life that is out of order, any priorities that are out of order, guess what? God's not Lord there and it's a wilderness. And God is telling you that right now, in this moment, without your permission, he's at work there. He's taking aim at your wildernesses. The wastelands, we said, are barren places. They're different. They're dried up. These are places you have been trying to work at for years. Maybe it's a career that you've been working on and working on and you should be making no progress or a dream or a hope. I'm trying to get here. I'd really love to do this with my life and you've got no traction. Or maybe you're, it's a relationship, a marriage. It's just dried up. You put time and energy and prayer and all this stuff and it seems like there's no fruit. There's nothing. I've been working and working and working and there's no fruit of my labor. It's a barren wasteland. 
It's like the disciples catching, you know, fishing all night, catching nothing. Been working so long and there's no breakthrough. And God is now telling you, guess what? It's time I'm there. I'm doing something new in the wasteland, in the wilderness. So, if God is in those least likely places, He doesn't pick the easy places. He goes to the hard places. If God says, I'm in your wasteland and I'm in your wilderness, here's the next question that we have to do business with this morning. Where do we have to be to see what God is doing? Where do we have to be to experience what God is doing? We've got to go into the wilderness. And we've got to go to those wastelands. Pastor Dan, what are you saying? In order to receive what God wants to do in you this year, you have to walk towards the very places you've been neglecting and avoiding, the very places that bring you shame, guilt, fear, right? Those very places that you don't want to even acknowledge exist in your life, the very places that torment you, that discourage you, that you're sitting there going, I have tried, I have fished all night, I have worked on this for so long, I'm done with it, I can't go there anymore. And God's saying, hey, guess what? I'm in there. I'm doing something new in there, but you've got to come here to see it. You can't run away from this. You've got to wade through the wilderness and you've got to walk in to see what he wants to do there. There are pain spots, weaknesses, broken places, grieving places, parts of your life that scare you, that remind you of your failure, that you try to ignore, shut out, pretend don't exist. And God is sitting here saying, hey, guess what? I'm taking aim at them. I am right there in the middle of it. Yesterday, I took my daughter to see Frozen 2. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of singing. There's a lot of singing in that. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting there with her. May have been the only male in the theater, I don't know. Um, and halfway through, I realized the entire movie is the message that I'm preaching today. I'm like, this is crazy. This is stupid. And as I sat there, I heard a song that put into words this entire message. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to play it for you. But I'm going to read the lyrics. So all is well in Ice Queen Elsa's world. Like, all is well. You know, like, and it's not going to ruin the movie for you. I promise. I really can't ruin this for you, anybody. Um, you know what's going to happen. Um, but she keeps hearing this mysterious voice calling to her. And of course, she sings back. Because um, you don't just talk back, you sing back. And this is what she sings. She sings, <laughs> Into the unknown, I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day and ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away. I mean, seriously, I'm hearing this song going, I know what I'm preaching today. This message was written. And you're not a voice, you're just a ringing in my ear. And if I heard you, which I don't, I'm spoken for, I fear. Everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls. I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls. I've had my adventure. I don't need something new. I'm afraid of what I'm risking 
if I follow you into the unknown. I mean, you find inspiration in some of the least likely places. We can resist what God wants to do simply because it's unknown. Simply because we're afraid of what that might mean. Can't you just leave me alone, God? I'm good here. I'm fine. I have everything I need. I'm comfortable. My family's here. Everybody just... I'm afraid of what it's going to cost me if I follow you. So I'm just going to pretend like I can't hear you. I'm just going to pretend like you're not speaking or I'm not even going to listen. I'd rather stay here because it's good enough. Right about now, hopefully, most of you are getting uncomfortable. (laughs) Because there's something about the unknown that can fill our stomach with unease. It's almost always easier to stay where it's familiar. Comfort is a powerful thing. Oh, let me tell you. The familiar, it's safe and it's appealing. And if you don't agree with me, as I can prove it. Because if somebody is sitting in your seat this morning, in your pew, you're like, oh, 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 oh. they must not know. That's where I sit, right? We like familiar, right? I know. I sit here every week. I can see you. I know where you sit, right? Every week, same spot. Right? I, I, I know. We like the familiar. And listen, where we are isn't perfect, right? We, we always acknowledge that where we are is not perfect, right? There are problems. But we can rationalize very simply that though this isn't perfect, it's good enough. Good enough. After all, God led me here. And I'm a long way from where I used to be. I used to be in slavery. I used to be addicted. I used to be a mess. I used to be so far from God. And look where He's brought me. Out of Egypt. Across the Red Seas. Took care of my enemies. Got me here. Listen, I am safe. I am good. Today I'm a place at peace with blessings. And I am grateful. And that's all good. And we can appreciate where we are. And it's good to be there. It really is. It's good to be at a place of peace. Until God says, forget all that. The goal was not just to get you here. That was step one. But there's more to come. This is a place, but there are more places. There are more places God wants to bring you. Better places. God says, I want to do something new in those wildernesses. I want to do something new in those wastelands. You can't stay here. You've got to follow me. You've got to come out. You can't let the good that God has done be what keeps us from the great that he has for us. Elsa wasn't done. Song. Yes, she kept singing, of course. Um, And she continued with these lyrics. So what do you want? Because you're keeping me awake. Are you here to distract me so I make a big mistake? Or are you someone out there who's a little bit like me? Who knows deep down I'm not where I'm meant to be. Every day is a little harder as I feel your power grow. Don't you know there's a part of me that longs to go into the unknown? 
acknowledges there's something inside of her. It says, you know what, as much as I am afraid of that, I desire it. So that I believe that somewhere, maybe deep down inside of you, there's a part of you that knows that you are made for more than where you are right here and now. There's something inside of you. And deeper than the fear that makes you hesitate is the hope that God is really big enough to do something new in you. That you don't even want to admit it. It's so far back there you're like, yeah, he's not talking to me. Yes, I am. I'm talking right to you. That somewhere deep inside, God, is, you know, there's something inside that goes, I'm, this is good, yes, but there is a voice calling me to do something more. I'm terrified of that voice. I'm afraid of that voice. Because I don't know what it's going to cost me. It's unknown. It's just easier to ignore it. We all have the chance to respond this morning. We can plug our ears and stay here. Or we can listen for the voice of God calling us into that which is unknown to us, but completely known to Him. We may not know what it holds, but he knows it completely. And we can walk into those parts of our lives that are wastelands and wildernesses and watch God begin to cultivate something new. We can watch pathways begin to just cut their way through our wilderness. We can begin to watch springs of water bubble up from the ground in the middle of our barren desert places. Why would Martin Luther King Jr. walk into the wilderness of racism when it was likely to cost him so much? I believe he heard a voice calling him. He was convinced that what was right was more important than what was easy. That the barren wasteland of hostility and hate had get what someday there could be streams of living water flowing through them. And today there is a pathway through that wilderness of racism. Because of him. God had more for him. And here's what here's, here's I want to just say to us today. That same voice calls to you and me. That same voice continues to speak like it has called to every life throughout history. God has never stopped calling us forward. Into the unknown. That's why it's called faith. It's what I don't know, what I can't see. God, you're asking me to walk into what I can't see and trust you. Yeah, that's the whole deal. Noah heard the voice of God and walked into an ark and then watched. His rain and floods began to fill the earth. But he heard a voice first. Abraham heard God's voice, left his home. And then he began to watch as God created. He began to build a nation out of one man. Moses heard God's voice, began to walk and lead a people out of of slavery into freedom. We can sit there and go, David heard God's voice and ran towards Goliath. And then he watched as that giant fell. Over and over and over again, God spoke to people, the voice calling them to, to go into the unknown. I heard God's voice call me into the unknown. Something that was completely impossible, and I asked Anna to marry me, and she said, yes. I heard God's voice, and he led me into the unknown. We heard God's voice, moved to Robbinsville to start a church. Completely unknown. How's this going to work? 
never done it before. Listen, it's great. We're 10 years in. I still have no idea what I'm doing. Every day I continue to take another step, I'm walking into the unknown. So I hope that gives you great confidence. Church is led by a pastor who has no idea where he is or what he's doing. So I want you now to fill in your own name. When you, when you hear God's voice, will you walk into the wilderness, into the wasteland? Because if you will, you will see God begin to do something new. Put your own name in there. I hear God calling me. Where? My greatest fear, honestly, is not that God won't speak to me. My greatest fear is that He will, but I won't want to listen. But I won't want to listen. That's it. I'm going to sit there and go, either I don't like the way this sounds, I don't, I don't feel like hearing this right now. I, 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 want to, I want to listen like this. Is this good? We've been planning this for weeks. You will never forget this. The only way, yes, I'm going to keep them for a little bit. The only way we can muster up the courage necessary to walk into the wilderness and the wasteland, listen, just listen, ready? Listen. Is if we're confident I've heard his voice. There are so many competing voices. And if we're not listening for the voice of God, we're not going to be sure, God, was that you or was that me? God, was that, was that you or was that somebody else just trying to, you know, that I respect or admire and I just don't want to let them down? I want to hear God so clearly there's no mistaking his voice. That's it. I'm going to invite Nikki and Nate to come on up and play. So what? So, so what are we going to do with this stuff? Well, you can go on Amazon and buy yourself a pair of ears. Or you can take out this card, which you should have. It's called the High Five. See, because there's a portion of this, and each week we're kind of breaking it down. There's a portion of this which says, listen. It says, listen. It's five minutes, the highest five minutes of your day. We're just challenging you this new year. Build a new habit. Five minutes a day. The high five, highest five minutes of your day. Spend five minutes, one minute for each of these things in prayer with God. And as part of that time, would you just create space to listen? What are we listening for? We're listening for the voice of God saying, here's where I'm leading you. Because I am not willing to walk into just any wilderness or just any wasteland because that's just me being foolish. Because they're dangerous places. They're hurtful places. But if I hear the voice of God calling, no matter how much fear, no matter how uncomfortable it makes me, I have to go there. But I can only go with conviction and confidence if I know I've heard it. And I can only hear him if I create time to listen. Some of you this morning know exactly where God is calling. You have heard him clearly and perhaps you've been afraid. You're just, just pushing it aside because you just I can't right now, God. Some of you have no idea. 
what God is saying, but you want to hear Him. One of my favorite quotes is from a missionary named Hudson Taylor. He says, There are three stages to every great work of the Lord. Three stages. He says, First, it's impossible. Then it is difficult. And then it is done. First it's impossible, then it's difficult, but then, guess what? Then it's done. Because that's what God does. I'm going to walk into those least likely places of your life, the wastelands and the wildernesses, and I'm going to do something new there. And I've already begun without your permission, but I need you to walk with me into this. And once we're there, we can begin to see God I don't know what your wasteland is. I don't know what your wilderness is, but you do. So I was going to invite you. Can we just take a moment and pray? And we're going to pray through this high five right now. I'm going to do it right now. God, we acknowledge, first of all, would you just pray for me? God, we acknowledge right now that you have all power. That you make a way in the wilderness and you create rivers, Lord, in, in the wasteland. Lord, there's nothing you can't do. So God, we begin by thanking you for how you've led us this far, for getting us here today. Would you just in your own way, just thank God for what he's done to get you to where you are today. God, we thank you for all you've done in our life. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your healing work. We thank you for your restoration, Lord, for your redemption, for the blessings that you've given us, for the good that you have poured out on us, God. We thank you, Lord, abundantly for all that you have done. We recognize that you're the source of everything good in our life. God, we thank you. And God, we confess. Well, we move on. We confess our fears right now. Would you go ahead and do that? Just confess to God your fears, your doubts. Lord, there are times we've ignored your voice. You said, I don't want to listen. I can't listen. Lord, confess the times we've taken the easy road, the comfortable road. We confess those places in our lives where you're clearly not Lord because there's no order. Places of our life that are just a mess. We keep our life separate, Lord. Sundays are for church and for you and for this stuff, Lord. But, the, but maybe, maybe on Monday morning when we walk into our office, maybe our offices are wildernesses. Our jobs, because there we look nothing like you. You have no lordship in our lives, in our workplaces. Maybe you have no lordship in our life, in our, in our marriages or in our relationships. Maybe in our finances, God, we have not yet submitted to your lordship. Maybe in our health. But in whatever it is, Lord, we confess. Right now, our wastelands and our wildernesses. We name them. Now, God, we ask. God, we ask you to do something new in us. Lord, we invite you to do something new in us. Lord, you've already begun. You're already at work in those places. Lord, we just want to say, Lord, you don't need permission to start. But, Lord, we want to welcome you in right now. We want to ask you to keep doing what you've begun. Would you do a work in our lives right here and now? Would you just begin to do something new in us? We open the doors. We welcome you in. We invite you in, God. We want you to know that we want 
you to do what you want to do. And now, now God, we're going to listen for your voice. Speak. Show us where you're at work. Let us hear your voice calling us. So I'm just going to be silent just for a few moments. I just want to just invite you right now just to listen. you're speaking. I believe that there are those that are hearing you right now. And I believe that you will continue to speak to us throughout this day, throughout this week, throughout this year. So Lord, we just acknowledge today, whatever it is that you heard God speaking to you, would you just speak to those places right now? God, we believe you're going to do it. God, there's going to be pathways through the wilderness of our life. God, we just declare right now there's going to be pathways through those wilderness places. You are going to restore order to our marriages. You're going to restore order to our minds, to our hearts, to our attitudes, to our habits, to our behaviors. God, you're going to restore order in homes, in workplaces, in schools, in neighborhoods. God, you're going to restore order in communities. God, you're going to create pathways through God. We, we just believe right now there's going to be rivers created in those wilderness, in those, in those wastelands, in those dry, barren places. But there are places in our life where we don't even believe anything can grow. And God, we're going to see new life begin to sprout there. And we believe right now what you've promised to us, what you've spoken, that you're at work in those places. But there are going to be marriages restored, relationships restored. Or that there are going to be dreams renewed and reinvigorated, God. That there are going to be, Lord, seeds that will finally, finally bear fruit. The people we've been praying for for years, Lord, they're going to receive healing. They're going to come to know you. Or that, that those barren places will be barren no longer. God, because you don't just come in and do a little bit of work. You transform everything. So that wilderness will not just have a pathway through it, but you will restore order to all of it. And that, or that wasteland will not just have a nice little river, but life will begin to grow throughout it. That's what you do. And you do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. So we believe it today. That's who you are. God, that's who you are. Uh, God, I just thank you that you want to do something new. We didn't ask. We don't need to. You just love us so much that you said, I'm going to do this before you even ask. I thank you for letting us know so that we know what to expect in this season. Lift our eyes. Let us see you at work. Give us courage to walk into those places 
Lord, let me hear your voice. Let us not be afraid to follow wherever you might go. It's in your wonderful name we pray.